I'm just going to ask your permission for something. Um, some of you I know really well, um, others not so well. So those that know me really, really well will understand my heart and where I come from. Others who, not, who don't me quite so well might wonder what on earth's going on. But this morning, I believe what we're going to hear from is a father. What we're going to hear from directly is the father. But first of all, I just want us to make some declarations, which I just want you to hear and receive. The declaration from heaven declares the Lord is on his throne. He is unaffected, he's unchanged by circumstances that happen on the earth, but he is eternal. He has set his face to bless people, to be good to people, and to be kind to people. So heaven says, look up at the heavens and see your God, your King, is on his throne. He's not moved, he's not perturbed, he's not surprised, he's not caught out. But he is secure, he is strong, and he is able. Heaven says, look to the heavens, for that's where you find your comfort, your security, your faith, your voice. That is what happens in heaven, unchanged, unfettered, but strong and consistent. Eternal from the beginning to the end, heaven remains consistent. God was there at the beginning, through now, and to the end. He never changes. He is not phased. He's not wondering what on earth's going on. He is in control. And while things on the earth may shake and be changed, God remains secure. God remains passionate for us. God remains good towards us. He will not be changed. He will not be shaken. But his hand is out to us. His heart is to us. Our God loves us and he loves the world. Our message as a church is our God is good. Our message as a church and as a body of people is, He is good to me. He is good to you. Our message as a church is, God is faithful. He never changes. His heart is towards us. Our God is our security. Our God loves us. He loves the world. He loves each one of us. That love doesn't change. No matter what circumstances happen, our faith, is unmoved. Our faith is unshaken. But our very core of being says, God, you are God. You are King. You are unshakable. And we live, we live in you. As a father, he says, I understand this may be tough. I understand you may face situations, you may be aware of circumstances which cause you to wonder, cause you to ask why, why should this be? You would look to your father to bring you security. Look to your father to have the answers. And father says, I'm here right alongside you. Lean into me. Draw close to me. I will be your father. He wraps his arms around us. 
And he says, I long to be close to you. Throughout circumstances and situations of life, God says, I'm there right for you all of the time. Whatever you face, whatever you come across, whatever is around you, I do not change. In the midst of a storm, I remain the same. If you're worried, cast those worries onto me, says your father. If you're concerned, God the Father says, give me your concerns. Do not hold back expressing how you are, for I know what you face and I know how you are anyway, says God. But share what you're feeling with me. For we can talk together, you can feel my arms around you, comforting you, bringing you security. But in me, says God, you will find a confidence and an excitement and an expectation of what we will do together. For you need not to be moved either. Though you face a storm and you may face situations in your life, you need not to be moved either. You can be at rest. You can be at peace. You can bring who I am to those around you because you will have experienced my love, God's love, God's peace, and God's hope for a future, for a generation, and for this time. So Father says, draw near to me, draw close to me, I will be your God, I will be your Father that will bring you security, will bring you rest, will take worries and concerns from you and exchange them for joy, love and peace so that you can be those who carry God's heart to your people, my people, in your generation. God, we love you. So what sort of people should, be, should we be? I believe this is a time for us to be a demonstration of who God is. Do you agree? It is our time, particularly in light of these circumstances, it would be anyway, but even more so now, our responsibility is to be a demonstration to the world of who God is. We are a people who are loved, and having received love, our mission is to love others. In a time of fear, it is love that will bring peace and hope. It is our love for God and our love for others that will demonstrate who God is. See, it's our responsibility to give away what we have because God's heart always from the beginning was to give away. That was what he did. He loved so much that he gave. And he considers us and considered the whole world worthy of sending his own son for us, for us. So he was a generous God who gave 
right from the beginning. And our response now is to give, give away what we have. I just want to read 1 John 4 to you. Hopefully that will come up. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who has been born of God and knows, sorry, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not know God because, sorry, I need to just slow down. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know we live in him and he is in us. He has given us of his spirit and we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love loves in God, lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence in the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his, a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. In this world, we are like Jesus. So at this time, I believe, for us, we are to be, for those around us, a people of faith. Not that we're deluded or just kind of, well, this will be all right. It's not like that. It's a matter of saying, I've received God's word. I know what God is like. I know what God has for me, and I will live as a person of faith. I will be somebody who others can be drawn to. That in this time of turbulentness, there is a voice out there in me and in you that people can be drawn to. Because there is a voice speaking, and it's either ours or it's something else. Our voice, I believe, is to bring security, is to bring rest, is to bring peace, and it is to declare who's in charge. It is to declare our God, my God, is in charge and you can know him. And silence the other voices that will seek to bring fear and panic and destruction. And this is a, not a matter of 
It's just a good thing to say. It's part of what God called us to be. To be his witness is that we will testify who God is. That the world may see who God is through how we live. So that we will be, as the word says, like Jesus. Face is the substance of our things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You see, if people want to see God... They have to have faith in him. But how will they know what that looks like? It's our faith that is the evidence of who God is. It's our faith remaining strong and declaring who God is in times where they wonder, is there a God at all? That is the evidence of who God is that people will see us and say, what is it about you? Who is it that you know? Why do you have such peace in such time of turmoil? Not that we're, as I say, just going along with it. Oh, we'll be all right. No, actually our confidence comes in knowing who he is, who he's made us to be. Our faith is the evidence of a loving, giving God. This is a time, I believe, for us to continue to do church. It may not in future, and in the immediate future, look like what we've experienced in the past. But that doesn't mean to say that church is no more, or that church ceases to exist. Church is us. Church is us doing life together in whatever form that may take. This is one expression, and meeting together as a corporate is one expression. But it's not the only expression. And if we are, we're going to be challenged by it. But if we understand that church and life together is just doing life, being with one another. And that may be just being in two because there's other pressures, there's other adjustments, which means we have to be sensible and wise. And I believe, as the scripture says, God will protect us, God will look after us. But equally, as a, certainly as a leadership, we're not naive and stupid, saying, oh, we'll just carry on doing everything the same. We respect those men that are over us by way of government and those men who are wise and seek to be wise in operating in what we need to do as a country. But, as the people of God, we are not moved because there may be restrictions placed upon us for necessarily good health reasons. But actually what we are is stirred inside to be the church individually and one to another. Hmm. We had last year a season of no, grow, go. Can I suggest to you that that was a preparation for us to go? That in knowing God and knowing God who He is and what He is to us, that it's prepared us to grow. And then in a time where there is challenges, where there are natural circumstances that we face, we face our motivation comes from knowing God that says, I'm going to take a hold of this opportunity. So rather than looking at this as something of a challenge to what's been going on in our world, we look at it and say, God... I'm ready to go. God, I am ready to be the light. I am ready to be the faith. I'm ready to be the hope. I'm ready to be the bringer of peace to those people that are immediately around me. That's what God's called us to be. So during this time, 
irrespective of what happens, I would encourage us, encouraging myself in this, to feed myself. Because if my only feed and my only development of God comes on a Sunday morning, I'm missing the greater part. And if, and I'm not saying it will, but if Sunday morning as it, as it exists right now takes a turn that we can't do that for a period of time, I have to be making sure that I continue to feed myself. But I would say even when Sunday, or if Sunday morning carries on or if it returns, there's still a responsibility on me to feed myself before God. Stay close to Him. Read His Word. That's something that we have probably lost to an extent. Just reading God's Word. And I would encourage us, go back again to read the Word Read the word. It will get inside of you and it causes faith to rise to you in that. And seeing an understanding of who God is because that's all his word is, is a revelation of who he is. That will bring great security and change your own testimony because you will declare to people what you've seen, what you've heard, and you will be that. We will be that influence. We will be that voice that declares our God reigns. Our God is in heaven, our God is good, and our God loves you. We have got wonderful technology now for podcasts. Just, and I would encourage you to listen to the podcasts that, that come. The word in this place, I believe, is rich. It comes from people that have been before God and will and does benefit us. And actually as a people, it's good to recount. What is it that God's been saying? What is it that I need to pursue? What is it, God, that you're saying to me? So over that whole season of no, grow, go, fantastic word, but my challenge as always has been to myself and then to us is, what is the thing that I've changed? What is the thing that I've took a hold of that God said to me that has had an impact in my life, that is now with me, that now defines who I am, whether it be knowing him, growing in him, or now going. What is it? What is it that I've got? What is it that I've got to give? What is the change that's happened? So first of all, as I said, the important thing is for us, I believe, to feed ourselves. You see, God, without any question at all, wants to be close to us. He wants to be there right alongside us and, we'll, and to know us in that way so that when we come across situations, we're aware of our Father right side, right alongside us, right there with us. See, the closer He is to us, the louder His voice will be. In, the, in a simple whisper of Him when He's close to me is all that I need in this ear. When all crashing and banging can be going on around the voice that I hear is the voice of my Father. That's what I hear in Him being close to me. Secondly, for us, I believe, is to us to feed the family. And I would talk about that or illustrate that as being the family here. Our brothers and sisters, our mothers and fathers, our children, our family here, not to the exclusion of everybody else, but as a first stop, as Nigel brought that word, it talks about that 
especially the household of faith. And so that's where it first starts for us. As it does with our natural family, the second part for us is to feed the wider family here. I would suggest that that one of those ways that we can do is to be in giving to one another. You see, the first thing that happens when we have a situation that rocks the world is everybody goes into selfish mode by and large. How do I look after me and my family? How do I deal with myself? Why do we empty the shelves of stock? Because I want to look after my own. And I understand that. As a dad, I understand that and why that is a requirement in the sense of we just want to care for our family. But whatever we do, we must not neglect that to the extent of other people. And that we become a church. You see, the early church said that they sold everything and just shared it amongst one another. I'll be brutally honest. If we're a church together, if there are things that do run out, we can be the supply to one another. So if I have toilet roll and you don't, what am I going to do? I can share it. Giving to one another in a time where there is pressures on resources is something which is countercultural. The culture says, grab, take, make sure I'm all right. God says, love your neighbor, love the family. And therefore, my heart has to remain one of generosity and giving. And if I keep that, again, I'm demonstrating who my father is. Secondly, as part of feeding the family, is to recognize that we are one body. Jonathan talked about this last week. I believe, we've, again, we face a time here where there is evidence that there is going to be pressure on the elderly generation and the young generation less susceptible. But God has called us to be one family without a divide for generation so that we do not separate ourselves from one another but we are a family all together. That we don't let generational difference lead to a separation but rather recognize and understand the difference so that we can connect more fully. Let me say that again. Do not let us or do not let generational difference lead to a separation. Rather recognize and understand the difference so we can connect more fully. You see, our role as the family of God is there to honor one another and be there for one another. No matter which group we are in, God has called us to live together as a family so that I am honoring those who have been before and I'm honoring those that are still yet to come. You see, if I take a hold of what God has for me and only me, and I live in a separated generational um, environment, what it creates is something that we've had of passing, I was talking to Jonathan about this morning, brief, passing a baton on from one to another, which means the only difficulty with that is that the person who's got the baton is the only person that's running with it. But actually, God has called us to be a family 
a generation that runs together. So in fact, what we're doing is the young, the middle, the middle-aged, the older, all carry the baton together. And I accept that can produce some tension because I suspect the younger ones are going to run faster than the older ones. But we still carry it together. We're still anchored in the family of God together. And that's the way God designed it for us. God put us in a family. You see, right, right now I have a, a nan. She's 102 and she's doing really well. But just of late, just in being with her, she has become quite reflective of her life. And right now, that she's lived a good life. She's been somebody who's witnessed to people, who've lived with God. But right now, she looks back with regret in a lot of things. Oh, well, perhaps this wasn't right. I should have done this or I should have done that. And you know, my response to her as a as a grandson, is now you did great. You ran your race. And to honor her for what she's done, not to concentrate on those things that she's regretful of, but to remind her and encourage her of who she is. So that's one, it's only one minor illustration of how a younger person can be there honoring an older person. And I'll listen to her stories and life experiences she's have to learn from them. But I honor her. I look out for her. She's my nan, but she's just part of our family. You see, as a generation, we can easily, whatever generation we're in, discount ourselves. We're too old. It's too late. We're too busy. We've got too much to do. Or we're too young. Every generation has the option to opt out, but actually every generation has the option to fulfill what's God, what God has called for them. Every generation has in them for what God's called them to be. We have the option to opt out, but we have within us the response that says, I'm still going for this. I'm not too old. I'm not too late. I'm not too busy. I'm not too young, but actually I am to fulfill what God has for me right now, today. For those that are too late, or think it's too late, my American friend would say, "Uh uh-huh, is there sarcasm? Really? So for those who think it's too late, I say it's still time to empower the, genera- the next generation, train them, fulfill them, encourage them, release them. Let your life experience bring wisdom to inspire rather than disappointment to paralyze. Share your success and let your own failures provide platforms for success rather than an investment in fear. So we have no excuse For those that are too stressed, the lie that we have is that a slower day is coming. It'll be much easier when. No, it won't, and no, it isn't. What it is, is today is your day. I don't deny the stresses of this world, but God. God gave us family. 
God gave us children. God's given us responsibilities, but it doesn't, our responsibilities and our family and the pressures we face don't take away, if we understand him, what our responsibility is for us in that, in that stage of life. So for the next generation, there's too many things that I want to do. Let me just dispel something for you. I hope you'll receive this. Is that I understand that that generation has a generation of entitlement, and I think actually that's fantastic. That there is a belief in you that actually I deserve this. I should have this. This is something that I can take a hold of. That is brilliant. Rather than pushing it off, your expectation is, I want that. But let me encourage you in that as far as entitlement is concerned, your entitlement is to be loved and your entitlement is to serve others. You see, your own entitlement will not bring about fulfillment, but serving others brings about something of fulfillment and satisfaction that you won't get anywhere else. That God's plan and God's purpose is that we fulfill what he has us to do. And it's the highest calling that he's called us to do is to serve. So be entitled, be expectant, but be expectant as to what you can serve him, what you can help him, what you can be a part of, that you're involved. And for those who are here that are too young, who might think it's all right for us oldies, we get it easy, we've got control of our life, we're not affected by peer pressure and we can do whatever we like. It just isn't the case. <laughs> but it is the case that you who are young, you can do anything that God calls you to do. Age has nothing to do with it. Time in life has nothing to do with it. Understand that what God wants you to do is what you are to do right now where you are. Whether that, whatever that is involved in, in friends, in young friends, just being there as somebody who expresses God's heart. God's final thing to us, or certainly what Dan was saying, was that our mandate is to love one another. First, to love God with all our hearts, with everything that's in us. Secondly, to love ourselves. But thirdly, to love one another. Can I encourage you to stay connected? I have um, been aware in the past there, are, there is technology that we have that sometimes, sometimes has deflected us away from God. I say right now, use the technology that we have to stay connected. Facebook, be all over it as far as declaring things to people, encouraging people, staying connected with people. With your mobile phones, Ring as many people as you like. Most of us have unlimited plans. Spend all the time on the phone, connecting with God's people. Those who love texting, you let your fingers do the walking and text away so that we will remain a connected people in what's there. What a fantastic time to be alive where we have all of this technology available to us so we're not determined on necessarily meeting together as a large group that may continue, but if it doesn't, we still have many ways to connect. And bringing it right down, right down to ground and how it is to me and how it is for you. Can I suggest that we make, and this is all, one phone call, send one text, and one email 
to somebody who we wouldn't normally do every single day. We probably make hundreds of phone calls, we certainly send thousands of texts, and we certainly send lots of emails. Use the technology that we have to stay connected, but be aware that we are in a family. You see, I think something of what will happen during this time is when, when crisis is come, a lot of barriers disappear. People understand that family and connection is far more important than division and strife. That they recognize that being connected one to another, being connected to God, is far more important than the little petty squabbles we have. But as a family of God, I think it's important for us to demonstrate who God is. Demonstrate what it's like to be in the family of God. I would ask you, who here, you can put your hands up to this, has contacted a member of their family in light of the circumstances that's happened? Probably 80% of people here have. So we know how to connect to our natural family and our natural response is to do that. God has placed us in a family together. So as I say, I repeat my challenge to you. Send one text, one phone call and one email to somebody who you wouldn't normally do and do it every day. We can carry on that afterwards. It's a great way of just remaining connected to one another. And that can be to encourage, just to know for those that are, that are alone and, and don't have that interaction, God is here. God is with us. God is with you. That I can share peace to people. I can share the love of God to people. I can share something of what it is and who he is as a demonstration. <laughs> it's interesting, Hebrews 10.24, this made me laugh. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Clearly, Paul didn't understand the coronavirus when he wrote that. <laughs> and poor old AT&T had an advert, I think in 1987, reach out and touch someone. Hmm, not really necessarily a good thing. But Bob Hoskins got it right. It's good to talk. And I think in this time, encourage us, stay connected to God, but stay connected to one another. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. What need is there? What is around? I, how we do this practicality, I'm making an assumption here that the office will remain a focus. But whatever the case is, with the modern technology and connection that we have, look to see where I can do something. Where can I help? Who can I ring? What can I do? So particularly, for it's an amazing opportunity for us as a family of God to serve our older generation who this may hit, I don't want to declare that, but who are more vulnerable, let's say. Let's take that up. Let's take that up as an opportunity to be God to them, to see what is it we can do. How can we help? How can I encourage? i tell you one thing that I believe that happens, which is a, is a dark, I was going to say a dark art, that's not right, a dying art. That's writing a letter. We might not, they might not have email. But actually, we can all write a letter. See, the beautiful thing about 
a letter is that it can be read over and over and over again, just like the Word. The reason we have the Word is for us to recount it, to rediscover it, to read it again. And I know for just talking to my nan, actually, I will be, so you know and I am accountable to you, I will be writing to her just to, just to encourage her. Nothing more than that, but I know that will bless her socks off. And it will convey something, I believe, of the heart of God to her and encourage her. So there are a lot of ways to do this. But make yourself, in the right sense, make yourself accountable. Let's be a people who do the things that God's called us to do. So that we are a people that have known him, grown in him, but now we go in him. We put legs to the testimony that we have so that in here we declare who God is. We declare the glory of God. We declare his purposes. We declare faith in God. We declare that he is the God of peace, that he is the answer for people, but we demonstrate it in those that are around us. It actually has legs. It has an outworking. Love the world. Love the world. So we love God. We love ourselves, we love one another, and we love our neighbor. We will be living demonstrations of who God is, and that's who we should be at this time.